Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, May 9th. Coming up, lawmakers in Missouri are fresh off passing the biggest budget in state history. At the end of the day, uh, I think, you know, there's just, there's so much money. There's something for everyone to love in this budget. There's probably stuff for them to hate too. Now the General Assembly has just one week left to make decisions on several big issues, all just a few months before an election. We'll get a preview. But first, our weekly look at statewide government and political news in both states. And we start this week in Kansas, where the legislature has already wrapped up its regular session, but where Governor Laura Kelly spent last week weighing whether to sign or veto some of the remaining bills passed by lawmakers earlier in the year. Late last week, she signed a bipartisan bill that offers tax credits to incentivize developers to invest in affordable housing. The bill also expanded eligibility for corporations to receive a tax credit for assisting their employees with child care. Kelly also signed a bill that makes it easier for Kansans convicted of using illegal drugs to get those offenses expunged from their records. Even so, Kansas is now one of only four states in the country where all forms of marijuana and CBD oil with THC, the main psychoactive compound in cannabis, remain illegal. And as recently as last week, Kansas law enforcement has been carrying out raids on shops in Topeka that sell cannabis products. Kelly Ripple is with the advocacy group Kansans for Hemp. He says shop owners are fearful and pulling products from their shelves. And the majority of these business owners really have the best interests of the public in mind. They feel like they're following the rules, they're trying to help their community. It's legal to sell products with small amounts of THC in Kansas, but the THC has to come from industrial hemp. Shop owners fear officers are treating all products the same. The Shawnee County Sheriff's Office won't answer questions about how many stores it has raided and how it is determining the legality of products, but it says it seized unlawful goods. It's been just over a month since Governor Mike Parson and Missouri health officials declared the end of the COVID-19 crisis in the state. That may be part of why we don't know much about why new COVID-19 cases have more than doubled in the state during that month. As KCUR's Alex Smith explains. Just over 4,000 new cases were reported in Missouri in the last week, a big jump from around 1,600 a month ago. Most of the COVID infections were found in the St. Louis area, although details about case trends are limited because the state health department reduced its COVID reports and stopped releasing complete county data last month. The state also no longer releases testing data. However, tests in the Kansas City area have declined well below the recommended level for disease surveillance. Hospitalizations in Missouri still remain at an all-time low, however, at 370 per day. Friday was the deadline under Missouri law for the General Assembly to pass a budget for the coming fiscal year. They met that deadline in a series of bipartisan votes funding education, health care, social services, all told nearly $49 billion. Bolstered by federal COVID-19 relief funds, it's the largest budget in state history. And now it heads to Governor Mike Parson's desk. With the budget out of the way, Missouri lawmakers now buckle down for the last week of the session, which must end by 6 p.m. on Friday. The House and Senate still have passed only a handful of bills out of the hundreds that were introduced. 
including some prominent items that have become even more controversial in this election year. To get a preview of what to expect from these next five days in Jefferson City, I spoke with Jason Hancock, the editor-in-chief of the Missouri Independent. We're heading into the last week of the session. What is the atmosphere like uh, this final week of the legislative session in Jefferson City? A mixture of tired and frantic. You know, there's going to be lots of late nights, presumably. There's going to be a lot of horse trading, trying to get stuff across the finish line. And there's always, with this Senate, which has had so much trouble getting along within the Republican caucus, hanging in the background is this fear that it could blow up at any moment. Right. Um, as we've seen in sessions past, if the Senate goes off the rails, they may just go home early. But if everything goes according to plan, they'll they'll pass some bills, they'll they'll add some amendments, they'll they'll make some trades, and they'll adjourn it. 6 p.m. on Friday, just like the Constitution calls for. Well, one of the things that it does not appear will still be on their agenda next week is the state budget, at least not uh, in any significant way. Uh, The lawmakers seem poised to just pass all of the pieces of the budget. Last week, uh, the the House voted on almost all of those bills on Friday morning. The budget includes something like $46 billion in the state's regular budget, the largest ever, and then another $3 billion in spending from federal COVID relief funds. What all is in there? Oh, it's a hodgepodge of things. Big increases for some infrastructure projects. It's funding for school transportation. It's funding for teacher raises. Um, And then there's all these little projects for people's districts, which is one of the ways in which they got this thing across the finish line so smoothly in an otherwise pretty chaotic session. You know, things for everyone's district and communities to try to sweeten the pot a little bit. You know, state revenues are way up. State tax tax collections are way up. And then you have this just huge infusion of billions of dollars worth of federal money. In a lot of ways, people were afraid that that would make it actually harder to pass a budget because you'd have, you know, the fiscal hawks and the conservative caucus maybe uh, henpecking it to death. But at the end of the day, there's so much money. There's something for everyone to love in this budget. There's probably stuff for them to hate, too. But at the end of the day, it was a pretty smooth budget process. And it, uh, it also included a, a big tax rebate plan that the House, the House budget chairman had wanted to, to try to give some of this huge surplus back to taxpayers. Still, apart from the budget, not that many bills have really made it across the finish line to get to the governor's desk. Uh, I think just really a handful of bills other than the budget. Some also have met their demise, uh, including in the last couple of weeks. What does it now seem clear this session will not be doing? Well, we certainly won't be legalizing marijuana. Um, there is a ballot measure that they, uh, you know, the deadline, they, they, they're turning in their signatures to get that on the ballot. We'll see if they make it. Those have to be uh, counted and, uh, and verified by local election officials and the Secretary of State. But a legislative push to legalize recreational marijuana fizzled. Um, you know, there just was a lot of opposition from the medical marijuana industry to this proposal. And or you know, couple that with Republican lawmakers who are still a little bit hesitant to to sign off on legalizing marijuana as a, a you know as a principle. There's been some push for open enrollment, you know, allowing students to attend schools outside their district. It was attached to a couple bills. That's looking like um, it's getting removed from those bills. There's still a lot of apprehension amongst uh, public school advocates and a lot of rural lawmakers to allowing something like that to get across the finish line. You know, the nice thing or the scary thing or the the stressful thing about the last week is nothing is dead until six o'clock Friday when they bang that gavel. So it's something that died months ago could rise like the phoenix on the final hours and find its way into a giant bill 
a lot of times we don't discover it. Uh, it's it's so hectic. We'll be looking at bills after they're already passed and like, wait a minute, what was in that? So right. it, which, could be a, it could be a nutty week. Which is uh, the same experience for a lot of the legislators who actually voted to pass the bill in many of those cases. Oh, absolutely. That sets us up for that question. What do we think is going to make its way to the governor's desk in this uh, rapid fire five days of voting by the legislature? Uh, some of the highest profile topics and issues are still on the floor for conversation. What's up with redistricting? Well, they, they ran aground on it earlier this session and seemed to give up. But I think the fear that the a map of congressional districts that would be drawn by a judge could be worse than one drawn by Republicans, even Republicans aren't getting along, has inspired them to give it one more go. And so there's a House map moving through the process again. We'll see. I assume the House will pass that and the fight will be in the Senate again. If anything's going to blow the place up, I guess it'll be congressional redistricting where we just haven't been able to find any consensus at all amongst the Republicans on what to do with that map. Another bill or another set of bills, really, that still is up for discussion are bills affecting education. There's the so-called Parents' Bill of Rights bills. There's bills addressing the freedom of transgender athletes to compete in women's sports. Where do you think those stand? They're all sort of getting tied in together. Um, The Parents' Bill of Rights is getting wrapped up in some transparency bills that are making their way through the process because a lot of the education bills are getting bogged down with critical race theory, transgender sports. Um, a lot of really controversial issues that if we've seen this session, they don't have a lot of hope in the Senate because the Democrats have said, we will filibuster, we will block these, we are not going to let this happen. You know, Kansas City Democrat Greg Razor has been adamant that there will not be a transgender sports ban while he's in the Senate unless they want to go through some sort of procedural hijinks to try to shut down a filibuster, which to this point, I haven't seen evidence that there, there's an appetite for that. One education issue that seems like it's on the cusp of getting done is a charter school funding equity plan that takes state money, gives, puts them into charter schools as opposed to trying to pull money out of Kansas City or St. Louis public schools, which was a pretty controversial idea. That's that that could get done. That could get to the governor. But a lot of this other stuff, it just again, it all sort of depends on what gets connected to it as lawmakers head into the final days. Another topic, Missouri has a fairly robust sunshine law. That's the mechanism through which journalists or anyone else gets access to public business that may happen behind closed doors. There's an effort to change the sunshine law in Missouri. Where does that effort stand? There's a couple bills that the, there's been some big changes put onto um, moving through the process. They make a lot of changes. The big changes essentially to just boil them down to their element would be to make it harder to get your hands on certain public documents. It would allow governments to close more documents and would also make it more expensive by letting them charge more to do the process of turning them over. So those are two big pieces, harder to get public documents and more expensive that have a lot of transparency advocates alarmed. And there's a lot of ambiguity in some of the language that they've put into these bills. As anyone who's ever tried to file an open records request knows, like they, that kind of ambiguity is where the darkness lives. And if there's exceptions to the law, those exceptions will only grow um, as it's put into place and, and put into use. Any other legislation you'll be watching this week? Anything else you think will be making headlines? Well, there's, you know, there's, there's going to be a push it seems to require for schools to test for lead in their water. And if it does test above acceptable letters to remediate that, you know, it's a big project that the independents working on with our friends at National Public Radio's uh, Midwest Newsroom and our uh, KCUR brethren and brothers and sisters um, looking at the blood lead levels of children in the Midwest. And that's a, that's a bill that Missouri 
uh, way out ahead of its, its neighboring states. No other state in this area, in this Midwestern area, is doing anything like that, requiring schools to be on the lookout for lead in their water. Uh, I'd say that a lot of parents say, wait a minute, they don't do that already, but there's, there's now federal money to help remediate that stuff. And so Missouri is trying to get out in front of that. And it's been put on a few bills and it looks like it's getting really close to, to making it across the finish line. So that's something we'll be watching pretty closely. Jason Hancock is editor-in-chief of the Missouri Independent. Jason, thanks as always for being with us. Absolutely. Anytime. You can get more reporting and analysis from Jason Hancock and his team at MissouriIndependent.com. This is Kansas City Today. The podcast is produced by Byron Love, Trevor Grandin, and KCUR Studios, and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. Nomeen Ujiadeen is back tomorrow. We cover state politics and government news all week long, not just here on the podcast, but also at kcur.org, and of course on the radio at kcur893. On Twitter, you can find me at PTS Brian. I'm Brian Ellison. Thanks for listening. Gina Kaufman here. For the last several years at KCUR, I've been reporting on the real humans of Kansas City, the people who make this place so weird and so wonderful. It's been an honor to explore this city that way with you. So I hope you'll join me on the final episodes of Real Humans by Gina Kaufman, wherever you get your podcasts.